0: Hey guys, it's your host, Jumi Moses, and welcome to Award to the Wise, a weekly podcast where I drop some knowledge and tips on how to combat obstacles in your life and become the best version of yourself. I also discuss ways to develop compassion, empathy, and growth in the direction of love and acceptance for all. I promise you, it's positive vibes only. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of season two. More details to come about that at the end of the show. But you were just listening to No Matter What Sign You Are by Diana Ross and the Supremes. And as always, I'll be leaving those details in the show notes should you want to check it out after listening to today's show. Similar to the theme of the song, on the show with me today is Lisa Tahare, and we will be discussing her new book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and self Forgiveness, Endorsed by the Dalai Lama, the Chiron effect is a guide to using astrology as a diagnostic tool to identify one of 12 core wounds and heal them utilizing a prescription of psychology, spirituality, and personal responsibility. Lisa reveals how to use the astrological placement of the minor planet Chiron in your birth chart to identify the core wounds and unconscious patterns that block your capacity to have self-empathy and to forgive. Coining the phrase Chiron effect to describe the magnetic pull that individuals have around specific areas of vulnerability, she explains how like a raw nerve, the placement of Chiron describes what parts of our lives we might edit or hide for fear of being rejected, as well as the areas of sensitivity where we are triggered." Lisa Teher has been a licensed clinical social worker for over 20 plus years. She is certified in EMDR level one, Reiki level two, and as a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking in Los Angeles, California. She hosts the popular weekly podcast, All Things Therapy, found on LA Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play and iHeartRadio, Radio, just to name a few. And in our conversation, I asked Lisa a host of questions relating to astrology, how to heal permanently, and how we can change our thoughts and belief systems. But most importantly, I asked Lisa what inspired her to write the book. Here's what she had to say.
1: I have thought about writing a book for years, and I've jotted down various topics, nothing ever stuck. And I think that's true for a lot of people, people listening. um, You know, we have these ideas, but, you know, it was like this very profound experience where I came to a place where I felt frustrated with therapy I've been a therapist for over 20 years. I've been a client in therapy as well for almost as long. And I felt like after all this work on myself and with a lot of my clients, like, why are we still experiencing some of the same feelings and disempowerment even? And I thought, and I wondered to the universe, what is beyond what I've been doing for myself and for my clients, and when I sat down to meditate, I I literally just kind of heard Chiron, C H I R O N, and I thought, oh, Carl Jung, archetypal healer, you know, and and but it kind of kept coming up, so I started to Google Chiron, and I began to learn that in addition to what Carl Jung spoke about in our collective unconscious around this archetype of of the wounded healer and uh, that Chiron was also, is also in astronomy, a minor planet and a comet that has an odd elliptical orbit, and it was the first in the centaur class. And that led me to find that Chiron was a centaur in Greek mythology and founding father of the healing arts, and he experienced a physical wounding that caused him to be in so much pain that he wanted to take his own life. And I thought, wow, like how often do we have unexpected things happen? And, you know, we want the pain to end, not truly our lives. And that can get confusing sometimes depending on what, what you're going through, especially when you're overwhelmed. And I just kind of stuck with this. And I was reminded about uh, Sigmund Freud and the repetition compulsion that he spoke about in the early 1900s about patterns we tend to repeat unconsciously. And I started thinking about some of my own patterns. And as I just kept investigating, I learned that Chiron is also an astrological placement in our birth chart that reveals to us one of 12 main areas, as I've come to discover, of our deepest vulnerabilities and our core wounds that cause us to kind of cycle through similar patterns in thought, which then create our belief system, which then causes to live our lives in certain ways.
0: To be quite honest with you, I haven't gone too deep into astrology. I, I mean, I, I read like weekly updates, like everybody does, or like your monthly Why? readings and stuff. But I've always wanted to go and get like my birth chart reading because obviously it gets really, really specific. Um So again, so just forgive me in advance if I, if I keep trying to fully understand the whole concept of Chiron. Um, and I'm sure my my listeners yeah. are probably on the same level as I am. So you you touched on it a little bit, but can you just go more on on, on a, almost on a high level for people who maybe have no idea what I, astrology is? What is Chiron?
1: Sure. Yeah. And I'd love to share that with you and your listeners because myself as well, I, I would subscribe to a you know, a monthly overview and and I'm a psychotherapist and in the psychology field. I'm not an astrologer. I have professional astrologers listed in the resource section in the back of my book for people interested in more of that deep dive. So for me it was more about psycho astrology, how our birth chart Inner intercepts our personal psychology and then taking personal responsibility because I'm a big believer in whatever a chart may say or anyone may tell you that we have free will to change and direct our lives. And so I'm a super believer in in that. So Chiron is that minor planet in space that astronomy has discovered. Chiron is the Greek mythological centaur that founded the healing arts. Chiron is also, if you put your date of birth, time of birth and place of birth in my plugin that the book gives or any other astrology website, it'll give you like a map Of the day you were born or night you were born. And it's when certain planets like the sun, Mars, Venus, Chiron, and others, where they were, it's like a snapshot. And to me, astrology is a symbolic language that can help us understand some of our, maybe like a blueprint even. And from that blueprint, we can choose to make different choices or some of the same choices if we like what's happening in our lives in that area. And for me, it was interesting that Chiron, you know, really safe. Chiron is in Aries or Chiron's in Taurus or in Gemini. It's different than your sign. You know, it's different than if somebody asks, what's your sign? You're going to be like, what is your sign? Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I'm a Libra. Okay, so your Chiron is most likely in a different sign. And it would correlate to, for example, Chiron in Aries means there's a core vulnerability, a core wounding even, and your sense of your value and worth. Chiron in Taurus would have to do with a core wounding or vulnerability by neglect that might have been in your childhood, neglect emotionally, physically, experiencing sexual abuse or coercion then Chiron and Gemini would speak to a core wounding and empathetic attunement that maybe you felt misunderstood or you do now. Like you feel like people don't get you or that weren't there for you emotionally. And it goes on through the other nine signs to help you learn more about why you might feel bad about yourself in a certain area, or feel like you're not good enough, or something doesn't work out for you with relationships. And it's to help free you. Like, there's nothing wrong with us. In my belief system, I I really believe we have natural propensities to heal. It's how to really create thoughts, support that to happen for us more quickly. And so my book is about that like helping you change your thoughts and beliefs and even some habits to really live the life that you dream of living.
0: Would you essentially um kind of categorize this as like psychoastrology?
1: Absolutely, Jimmy, and I even trademarked the word psychoastrology for my book because I do see where our personal psychology, the way we grew up, the you know, our socialization, where we're born, just our geographic influences, and then this birth chart—that's kind of like that map—how they come together to give us so much information that then we can pick and choose what what works for us and let go of what doesn't. Yes.
0: Okay. So speaking of um, wounds, you brought that up um, in your previous when you were talking previously. Um, so for the Libra, um, the wounding for me, would be underdeveloped sense of self and codependency. So the underdeveloped sense of self, I literally was like, oh my God, this is like super spot on. And I can see the codependency part because like I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, So I was like, wow, this is like Absolutely, absolutely spot on. So my first question, because I'm sure like other people are probably thinking this too, the listeners. um, One, do you think every Libra is actually going to, we all have this core wounding?
1: Well, and not every Libra, because that would be your sun sign. I'm thinking if your Chiron sign is in Libra, it's different than your sun sign. But if your Chiron is in Libra, that in my experience thus far, that there has been a struggle with personal independence and maybe kind of feeling like you need to be like a chameleon to be loved and fit in and go with the flow sometime at the expense of your own desires, which you might not even be certain of what those are. So you might be drawn to really strong-willed or strong-minded people, but at the same time, you feel kind of like a desire to have that really be developed within you. And so for the Chiron and Libra person, I suggest in the takeaways, you know, being with friends and even a partner that really, you know, is like, hey, what do you want to do? And if you don't know, like, not let you off the hook. Well, look, come on, what are some things you'd like to do that you haven't done? And even, you know, maybe list three or four things and then you pick. Cause it's really about strengthening your personal independence, really directing more. Does that fit? It makes sense?
0: Yeah. No, I actually now I 100% get it. So, your Chiron is not necessarily your sun sign because a lot of people identify with their sun signs. But like you said, we all, they're different planets and like, you know, we have, there are a lot of different signs that make up like who we are really as people. Um, So I get it now. So like I could be a Libra, but my Chiron is probably an Aries or something. So, you know, I may not be able to identify with the Libra wounding because that's not what my Chiron is. Okay, I understand. 100% get it. And I hope that the listeners um, understand as well. They probably got it faster than than I did. Um, But that makes complete sense. So when people, so after people identify their core wounding, right, how do they move towards healing? How do you heal yourself? Because I know for just using the Chiron and Libra as an example, um, I know that healing for them is like through art, expression or like being creative. And I can identify with those things as well, because I feel like I'm kind of all those things, or that's what I'm kind of looking for in my life right now. So how do people start to heal those core wounds that they have?
1: Well, you know, it's it's uniquely different for each person, since we are so unique and different as individuals. And so I give for every uh, placement of Chiron in an astrological sign, I give like four to six takeaway steps that people can try out in their lives. Like, um, for example, Chiron in Aries, a core wounding in one sense of value and worth, a takeaway step is since this person might've been a real big people pleaser traditionally in their lives to get love and even feeling like they have to really prove themselves, be really loyal and, you know, learning that, performance-based love isn't the way to go anymore. It's just because you deserve it because you were born and learning to receive that. One of the takeaway steps I offer is since these people usually love to say yes to things that when you're asked to do something, instead of saying yes, to say, maybe let me get back to you. Even if that feels really hard, because you're like at a hundred percent and then get back home, check your schedule, really sit with it and see if this serves you or not. Because a lot of times the Chiron and Aries with the wounding and value and worth, you want to do all these things, but then as it gets closer, it's like, oh, but then that means I don't get to maybe go to the gym or do something I need to do for myself. And you might feel bad about canceling. So you start to override your own self-care. And by just saying, maybe, let me get back to you, it gives you that buffer of time. So I give really simple steps like that that you can begin using today
0: is this kind of similar to um when people talk about like your inner child um and like trauma and stuff like that are these like predetermined traumas based on like when we were born and you know what sign like what our chiron sign is or does this kind of like Bleed into the whole aspect of like childhood trauma or like your inner child.
1: You know, research shows that one in four women have experienced sexual abuse and one in five men. So the statistic is really high, and it's also very varied. What that abuse is, um, and so you know, for for those of us that have experienced abuse and trauma, you know, tra- trauma is on a spectrum, and sometimes it's it's you know lesser small t traumas versus big T traumas. And again, not everyone has been traumatized. But I do know that when you start living any amount of life, that you have probably experienced feeling or being neglected, or an abandonment, or a disappointment, or feeling like you can't connect to your creativity, or you feel left out, or you've been left out, or unincluded. And it causes you to feel like you're not worthy or valuable. So all of these 12 core wounds are really just experiences that we have throughout our lives. Some of them really huge and traumatic and others smaller than that. And so the book is really like a guide on how to heal from all of these aspects of life. The addiction, you know, Chiron and Pisces having a lot to do with recovering from addiction and using creativity. And so you know, definitely look at your own Chiron, but also read all of them because there's so many tools and tips to use, you know, when you go through a breakup and you feel sad, like how to cope with that better. So the book is really meant to be a guide on how to cope and and help ourselves heal through things that happen that, that have hurt us, anger us. And for some people, they might need to you know, find their anger, find their righteous anger uh, and be empowered to change, to set some boundaries. So the book talks a lot about that in different sections.
0: Is healing permanent, do you think?
1: You know, that's such a good question.
0: Yeah. Because this question, I mean, people have been talking a lot about self-love and healing trauma and, you know, all these different things, which are, I believe, absolutely important. But, you know, the cynic in me sometimes, you know, because we all have to heal. I have to heal to certain things. And I'm just like, is this an is this an ongoing life struggle? Or is there like a point where you can just really heal and be, be done with these struggles? Like these woundings, I should say.
1: You know, I would love to take that on and, and be authentic with you since you're being so authentic. Because there have been moments that, that I wondered too, like, do I do am i ever going to heal am i ever gonna like be happy every day and and even for my clients like is my job and my profession like how much benefit like you know is it much like you just so well said and and what i've experienced what i'm learning and what i'm seeing to be true is i'm 49 years old now and like the more that i heal and the more that i change my thoughts about what's possible for me and really identify Even if it seems outlandish, you know, like the Dalai Lama endorsing my book, that happened because like I set an intention and then I just kind of channel my thoughts and meditation and ask the universe and like ancestors and, you know, everything to help me with these things I want, even if they seem impossible. And I'm finding that we can really have, we can start to live the life that we want progressively And that it does get better. And I'm noticing that even if I do get depressed or upset, it doesn't last as long. You know, it doesn't last like it used to. And it doesn't go so deep. You know, where I feel really dark and like in hopelessness. Like I feel like that doesn't happen. And so what I can offer our listeners is that it's like turning down the volume of a stereo. And your pain might be really loud. Or when you're triggered, it might be really intense. But I can assure you that it does turn down, the volume lowers or the duration shortens. So I do believe healing is like through our lives, you know, really shedding um, the thoughts that hurt us, the beliefs that hinder us and, and taking steps towards our happiness as much as we can. And I wonder what you think about that answer.
0: I think it's perfect because I think I'm also kind of realizing too, is that I don't think it's Possible to eradicate negative feelings and negative thoughts. Um, but I do think how you interact with those thoughts and how long you let them last is really kind of the measuring stick you can use for yourself to be like, I'm making a lot of progress, or I feel like pretty much healed from whatever situation I found myself before in the past. And, you know, there's a chapter in your book where you focus on the power of the mind. And I just yeah. think that really, yeah. Um, You know what? I'm not even going to go too much into that. I want to give you the floor to talk about um, why you put a lot of emphasis on the power of the mind.
1: Sure, Jumi. I I put emphasis there because I've learned that we think up to 70,000 thoughts a day. And when my mentor that I put in the book, Orin Adreth, taught me that, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, 70,000 thoughts a day. There's no way. That's intense. And she was like, don't be overwhelmed. If you capture just a few of them, you know, and identify like when, say, a bill comes in the mail and you might be like, oh, you know, I don't have this money. And it's like, what? Wait, let's stop. And like, okay, do I like feeling like I don't have enough money? And of course not. No one enjoys feeling that. So the suggestion is, let's release, I don't have enough money. What What do I want to believe? And I want to believe I have enough money. And then you make a statement that you can connect to, like, I want to believe that this money's coming, you know, that this works out for me. So you start embracing new thoughts of like, I, you know, I'm open to making more money. I'm open to those channels and those ideas. And that's just one kind of literal concrete example, but we can use our mind and meditation I talk about as a powerful tool to quiet the mind and really allow the solutions to come up for us and just like still that chatter kind of quiet the 70,000 thoughts. So maybe there are a few that come up that could be supportive and to really feed ourselves with supportive and nourishing thoughts.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I've been seeing a lot of signs that have just been pointing towards the fact that we really all need to pay attention to our thoughts. And I think real change and healing comes f- with what we believe. And those belief systems come from the thoughts that we, we have or choose to interact with. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I loved that chapter a lot because when I read the 70,000 words, I'm like, you know what, that's actually true. I can see that being true, even though it's like, whoa, that's insane. I probably have like, I probably have like a hundred thousand thoughts in my head, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, Do you think that um, people who are like psychologists or like licensed therapists should also kind of get into like spiritual sciences? Do you think that should be something that like universities start to incorporate in their curriculum, for example, and not just like, you know on the book science, but also like, you know, these ancient studies and about astrology and people's charts and, you know, all that stuff.
1: Jimmy, that's such an exciting question. I would love to see that taught more mainstream, like even having my book in the Tulane University bookstore on campus here in New Orleans was so exciting for me because I would love, since I went to the School of Social Work there, I would love to... To teach a class, to have it be offered so people can choose to combine other ancient traditions with modern day science and and psychology just to expand. You know, our consciousness is expanding as we develop as as a people. And so I definitely think we should introduce these concepts as even electives for the people who are interested to incorporate them.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And for me, I mean, I'm a little bit more radical. I would even push it outside of psychology, almost into like all studies, to be quite honest with you. Um, But I I did want to ask another thing. Um, So you know how they keep, I mean, people have talked about in terms of astrology, like the earth, there's like a shift, and like we're in Gemini, and we're in Aquarius and stuff like that. So can is is the Chiron only on like a personal level or can it be felt on a collective level like a group of people all have a Chiron in Aquarius or Aquarius in Chiron for example
1: yes your question is right on in the way you're asking it that and i have a an appendix chapter chapter called Chiron and the Psychoastrology of America where i talk about right now Chiron is in Aries for the next about Seven years, just collectively. So your personal Chiron could be elsewhere, but just where we are right now, Chiron and Aries, that wounding and value and worth. And I talk about how that seems really weird that the United, you know, being in the U.S., that kind of that's where Chiron is because we're the most powerful nation. But I talk about with Chiron being in the fourth house, that the house placement has to do with, with where our core wounding manifests, and the fourth house has to do with family. And for the, the family of the United States in this chapter, just the issues we have with inadequate and health care that just is so expensive oftentimes that in schools that are sorely inadequate in inner city and rural areas to educate our young ones and just the U.S. in serving its people, there's some big problems to be addressed. The, the environment and the way we're not, you know, taking care of it. So Chiron does show in the astrological charts of, of countries and even in your business. Like if you have an LLC, I did this recently, Jimmy, where I plugged in the date I started my LLC to see where the chiron was. And interestingly enough, it had to do with the sign pertaining to contracts. And I was going through an issue where I didn't read a contract well enough and owed all this money and wanted to get out of it. And I learned to really start crossing my T's and dotting my I's in the area of contracts for my business. And so you can put even your relationship, whoever you're dating or married to, use an, an you know a, a date of significance. So you can definitely use this in, in friendships and intimate relationships in your business to see where the vulnerabilities are so that you can give special attention to those areas and, and help to strengthen and heal them.
0: It kind of goes into, I, I don't know if you, cause some of the things that you've talked about kind of relate to the whole idea of manifestation. Yeah. And a lot of what you talk about in the book kind of sounds similar to like unblocking people who do like manifestation work talk about in order for you to manifest things into your life, you know, positive things, hopefully um, you, you really have yeah. to, un, you know, if you have like a blockage when it comes to like money and like you find yourself in sticky situations, like the one you just kind of talked about and like feeling frightened by it, but not being able to take control. Um, So all of that is to say that it kind of sounds like a, a form of unblocking in, in the whole path of like manifestation. So how does manifestation really play into the whole to the Chiron effect. I think it plays a huge role. I think it I think it's going to be huge for people if they really are if they really do take this seriously to be able to manifest in their life, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it.
1: I appreciate your question so much Jimmy because I didn't expect the book to lead there to having to do with manifesting more easily and naturally and I'm just experiencing that kind of outgrowth from it because I realized the more that I release My limiting beliefs based upon the experiences I had that caused me to feel low self-esteem, for example, and believing less than for myself as I've been releasing those, even if it's hard to even imagine what's next. Because sometimes we might not know anything but what we've lived. And so it takes like really stretching, using our imagination to come up with how we want to live, how we just want to feel. Even if it's as simple as I want to feel more free or happy and that that does generate manifestation in my life and others' lives that as we release these damaging and hurtful thoughts about ourselves, that we're not good enough, that something's wrong with us and instead embrace, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm awesome. I'm perfect. To really even tell yourself, I am perfect as I am. I'm good enough right now opens the door for things to manifest, because you're not beating up all over yourself. You're kind of open to receive. And so your question is so important, because I'm just finding this out and connecting those dots for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I I definitely connected them when I, you know, read the book. And I was like, wow, this is for people who, you know, choose to take this seriously and, and really check out your book, which I highly recommend. I think it will really help them to unblock certain aspects of their life where they're still hurting or where their wounds are. So I think I think it's really I think it's really really powerful. Um even though sometimes I feel when it comes to like manifesting, I I, I also notice that, you know, sometimes people put a lot of pressure on themselves because obviously when we want to manifest certain things in our lives, let's say we want to be happier, but you know, it takes time. You know, things just don't happen like you know, just like that. So, I think, what would you, what advice would you give to people who are trying to like bring healthier habits into their lives, but it's taking a little bit longer, um, and they're they're trying to like expedite the situation or control the process? What would you, what mm. would you tell people? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give That's them? A t-
1: that's such a good question again, Jimmy, and in the vein of this, just last night I started and I'm going to do it once a month for any of your listeners, for you if you want to join. It's a once a month meditation on Zoom, 20-minute meditation for the new moon, and it's it's with music and you just, you know, can turn off your camera and it's for the purpose of setting intentions of what we want to manifest. And even I had the belief about things need to take a long time, and while some things might need certain alignments and people, places, and things to shift, so certain things might take some time. Others that we've intended and wanted for a long time could really spring forward immediately, seemingly. And I think regardless if it's an instant manifestation or one that feels like it's dragging its ass, taking a long time, I think the best thing to help ourselves with that is self-soothing during the interim time, you know, really self-soothing and, and, Really trying not to beat up on yourself that this hasn't happened or feeling like you're going about manifestation wrong, you know, to really apply some liberal compassion and self-forgiveness and, you know, like, like what can I do instead of think about this right now? You know, can I go for a walk? Can I get in a space or with a person that makes me happy? Because things are always lining up for us, you know, like it's about really towing that middle portion between where we are and what we intend to live that I find it's like that gap that we're really so much self-care and like soothing needs to happen because it's gonna happen just really soothing and I wonder yeah. if that's helpful
0: um yeah I know it is and I think also just what I found to be helpful for me is just to wish for these things but not like hold on to them from a, a point that's like almost destructive to my mental health. Um, Also like surrendering almost to the universe and releasing control, but still setting my um, intentions. Because I do believe that sometimes we don't a hundred percent know what we need. And when we're so fixated on like, this is what the picture is supposed to look like. Sometimes I feel like you can set an intention and the universe might present it in a different way, but it's just what you need. Um, So yeah. I try to make sure that I, I find the balance between that.
1: I think that's really helpful that you added that part because yes, the surrender, the, the faith, the trust that this is working out for me, that we are so loved that it's going to be good. Like, yeah, that there is a bigger picture and, and really helping to believe that it's going to go well for you no matter what.
0: Yes, and I think that's that's the most important part. So I, I I have another question, and it has to do with like, um, family and stuff. Because when we talk about healing, another question that I think is important—not just family, but people around you. So let's say you 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 have all these triggers, or you have these woundings and you have people in your life that like kind of exacerbate those feelings, and you're yeah. trying to heal, right? But you have to interact with your abuser or, like, interact with people that don't, you know, mm-hmm. treat you well? And how do you continue okay. in that healing journey? Because people talk about, yeah, well, just cut them off. Well, you can't just cut – it's hard – it's not that easy to cut off everyone in your life, especially if you're dependent on them, right? Um, I'd say if you're a teenager, for example, and you're living with your parents, you know? So what advice would you give to people in that situation where they fin- find themselves – in situations that continue to trigger that wound and they're trying to heal.
1: You know, I I work with a lot of clients uh, with exactly this issue and, and I've encountered it in my own experience in far as how to handle these kinds of people and situations. And in my book, I talk about if you are in an abusive relationship, definitely to please reach out for help because no one deserves to go through abuse whether you're a young person or an adult so i definitely definitely really ask anyone listening to reach out for help to start getting out of that situation especially if you're in physical danger for and for someone in more emotional danger where people that are wounding and hurtful especially that can happen in families you know as much as we can minimize that kind of interaction with a person like, I encourage maybe instead of talking to them on the phone, you might start to text them, you know, because that that texting is kind of like an intimacy barrier in a way. It's not quite as up close and personal. You know, maybe you can text instead of talking as often. Maybe you can start seeing them less. And even if you need to use excuses at first, sometime it might not serve you to say, this is abusive. I don't want to be talked to like this. You know, some people can't receive that. And it might make the situation feel worse or be worse. So, you know, you can take different kind of steps to, to put some distance between you and that person, you and that situation, and try to do some other things for yourself to even balance and, and taking care of yourself, going to therapy, exercising, you know, seeing friends, even if it's on Zoom or FaceTime or by phone. And I wonder, what do you think, Jimmy, to help with this area?
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, I think I, I probably still have to, to think about it a little bit, but I think for me, obviously, I don't know if this is possible, but almost like if you're stuck in a situation, like let's say, I don't know, this is obviously extreme. Let's say you're in jail or something, um, okay. or you're in prison and you, okay. you, you don't know when you're going to leave, right? You're in a pretty messed up situation. You can't really distance yourself from prison if you're in prison, but the whole idea of sort of creating right. like a, heaven on earth, but in your mind, right? Like you're in adversity, you're in the fire, but you're not getting burned by the fire, even if you're in it. Um, And just kind of building that the real magic would be able to get people to build up that strength, but it does take a lot of time, right? Um, Build up that strength to not consume or find yourself in that situation where you're literally being affected by what's going on around you externally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still have to think about it, you know, cause as human beings, that's very hard to do.
1: Well, I love what you brought up about someone that's incarcerated. I worked at a maximum security prison, Angola prison in Louisiana. And it was like that. The inmates had a minimum of 20 years to life and most of them were not leaving. they were going to die there. And they had a extensive geriatric unit that I even worked in. And so I think uh, as you were talking, I was reflecting on like Nelson Mandela and what he taught us about though he was in prison physically, they couldn't imprison his mind even after 25 years. And so I think what you said was so important that we do have our minds, and our imaginations, and no matter what you're in, to keep visioning, imagining your freedom, imagining your happiness, because what we think about and really feel as we're thinking starts to become activated and created in our lives and manifests. So definitely keep envisioning your freedom. I did that growing up in a house where there was a lot of abuse. Like I kept imagining like one day you're going to be free. You're going to be out of here. And then I realized even getting out of an abusive home, there's some work to do. You have to really reparent and re-educate yourself on what love is. You know, I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, so I really resonate with what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like, you just, you, you touched on a great point about like having to um, relearn things, what a, like a parent or a sibling or a friend is supposed to act like, or um, what love really is, how that feels, what yeah. that's supposed to feel like. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's. I think part of healing is also teaching yourself or realizing what's actually healthy and like and separating yeah. that from what what isn't healthy. And even though you've been experiencing that. So I have a, another question and it just it just came to the top of my mind now. When we talk about healing, right, a lot of people, based on the trauma that they've gone through, or some of them, you know, it could be something that they're born with, but a lot of times it comes from, like, trauma, like, you know, multiple personality disorder, for example, um, and, like, these, like, really um, difficult mental health illnesses, right? So. The question comes in two folds, right? A lot of times people might, may they may put them on like medication and stuff. Do you think it's possible for people to heal to the point where they don't need medication for certain mental health disorders? Do you think it's possible to get over like certain mental health disorders, like multiple personality disorder, for example, um, just in the, in the realm of like healing sure. and everything like that? Yeah.
1: Of healing, sure. You know, I think that, as you said, there's some results of trauma, especially like multiple personality disorder, disorder, dissociative identity disorder, which is how it's thought of now, since there's a dissociation that that happens. And I, I do think people done taking great lengths to heal. As far as medication, I think that's an individual decision because medication can really help some people with various disorders where where their brain needs healing, like that the chemicals aren't produced because of the trauma that they experienced, especially when that might've happened really young and for a prolonged period of time. So just like you would take medication, if your blood pressure was high, you know, the medication can really be helpful to get the brain chemicals flowing in the adequate amounts and proportion so that you can feel more healthy and on top of your emotions. So I would suggest that to be an individual decision, you know, and, and that certainly some people can get to a place where they don't feel like they need medication or they can take herbal supplements instead. But to definitely check in with yourself about that so that you're doing the most optimum thing for yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think that makes that's that's really spot on. So, for the people who are going to be reading your book who don't have much experience with astrology, um, but are listening to this conversation and they're just like, "Wow, this is amazing. I really want to like learn, you know, um, like what sign my Chiron is in. Um, and I really want to uncover my woundings and healings and I want to learn all those things. W- you know, what does somebody have to be well-versed in astrology, first of all, to really understand your book? And then second of all, what would you want someone who doesn't have any experience in astrology to really get from your book while reading it?
1: No, you don't need to know anything about astrology. I barely did. I'm a psychotherapist coming from that field of like the mind-body realm. And so I- You don't have to know anything about astrology because the book really lays out from the beginning, creating a container for change. You know, how you approach this work. It's really a deep dive and an excavation into your own memories and your own life experiences. There's some journal prompts that I have, you know, as I share a bit of my experience to help you connect with yours to get those juices flowing and to be reflective about your life. And then at a point in my book, I give a chart and then an interactive website where you can enter your date of birth, your place of birth and your time of birth if you have it, you don't need it, and that will generate for you where Chiron is and then you can read in the subsequent chapters, you know, about that core vulnerability that you experience, core wounding, you know, what this pattern is that you've experienced in your life and how to help yourself heal it. And then towards the end of the book, Medicine for the soul, just kind of wrapping it all up, tying things together, um and so you know you don't need to know anything and my intention is that people really find more happiness, that they just have some tools in their toolbox to be able to cope with life. we've all been in this year of the pandemic where things came to a forefront ahead for us, you know, probably in ways we haven't had to to process or look at. And so I think my book is great for right now, just how to cope if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling disconnected, or, um, you know, how to have better relationships with yourself and others. So it's just kind of like a guide so that you can take this and run with it on your own. And if you want to work with a therapist, do, you know, and if you don't, you have like a template to use. Uh, Does that answer your question?
0: that that answers my question and i think the i i think the listeners like i said i encourage everyone to really read this book um it's super eye opening and i think i just think you give really really practical steps and it's very easy to digest um so i i don't think anyone i don't think you need to be an expert in astrology cuz i'm certainly not an expert in astrology and i understood um you know, the, the, the premise of the book. So, you know, this show is called A Word to the Wise and, um, you know, we've been having such a wonderful conversation and you've been dropping so much knowledge, but any final words of wisdom to the listeners?
1: Sure. For me, I'm really passionate about changing consciousness and that's just kind of a fancy way of saying like changing our minds changing the way we see things because I think I know for myself when something happens and I feel triggered or I feel like oh like I don't like it or I'm upset it's it's because I'm seeing it one way and you always want to validate the way you know you're seeing and feeling and experiencing and yet to get out of that negative experience or challenging Experience. I try to like. I'm willing to see things differently, and so I just encourage, um, you know, your listeners to just be willing to see things differently because there there are other vantage points, and if we kind of ask to see that, we start to feel better. I think there's like a you know my my chest starts to get really tight in those moments, and I feel like it loosening and my heart expanding. So just for listeners to be willing to see things differently and. I think we'll start to feel better and align with solutions and possibilities.
0: Absolutely. Just be open minded. Yeah. I what you're you're absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. And that's really why I do the podcast, really, is to present topics to my listeners so that can they can, you know, be presented with these different topics that they may not be thinking about, but could really be pivotal and instrumental in their life. So it was an honor speaking with you today, Lisa. This is this is amazing.
1: I've loved this time with you and I'm excited to have you on my show and talk about more of, of your thoughts and beliefs in your life. Thank you.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Lisa. If you are interested in learning more about her book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy and Self-Forgiveness, I'll be leaving the details in the show notes for you to check out. Out. You can find Lisa on Instagram at NOLA Therapy. That is N O L A T H E R A P Y. Also, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is the final episode for season two. I'll be publishing a season two recap on Friday this week with additional details of when we'll be returning back for season three. Till next time, peace and love. Always, always, always. <music> Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to rate and review this podcast. And if you're truly loving this podcast, I suggest you follow us on Instagram at Award to the wise pod. Also, if you have any suggestions about episodes or things you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email awardtothewisepod to the wise pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.